Rolling. Renegades. Andre and I had this big idea. Nurses know how to solve shit. Renegades. Welcome to the Renegade podcast, a revolutionary approach to continuing education for nurses by nurses who are shining a light on the innovators, the creatives, the renegades, who are blowing up the boxes that the rest of the world is still trying to think outside of. On today's podcast, we have a nurse from Africa who is trying to change the way that nursing is viewed in Africa. And Antra and I were on the phone with him for 15 minutes and we couldn't stop. It was like, he gives you this tightness in your belly and it like travels up your chest and it comes out of your, your mouth in a smile. And we were just so excited. He's, he's going to change the world. And I just wanted to hug him. <laughs> we just wanted to hug him the whole time. We don't know that much about him. We're going to find out now, but uh, we know you're going to love him as much as we did. And we've been looking forward to this <laughs> since we hung up the phone with him and I'm about to let him in. And don't forget, nurses, after you listen to this podcast, you can go over to rnegade.pro and get a CE for listening to it. What part of the UK do you live in, Josiah? Southwest England, Devon, precisely. Southwest. When did you, when did you move to the UK? That was in 2020. Oh, not that yeah. long ago. What do you think? You mean where I was coming from? Well, did you, had you been to the UK before in the past? No, that you know? was the first time. Wow. What did you, th- what do you think of it? What do I think of it? Be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was the best decision ever. Of course you would think that. <laughs> <laughs> we thought you were going to, you thought you were going to squeeze some pessimism out of them. I was going to try no. to get you to be pessimistic, but I don't think that might that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best decision ever. Uh, it, it, it puts you at a more advantage position to help back home in Africa. To help back home in Africa. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could see that. So, so go back. Who are you? Where are you from? Tell us Thanks. about your early life and how'd you end up in the UK? Let's just start there. Oh, my God. In a nutshell. Do you really want me to do that? I can go yeah. on and on and on. Josiah, I am so curious about where you came from. I can't even wait to hear your story. Like from kind of from the beginning, like as early your earliest memories. How about I want to hear the whole spiel? Oh my God. Okay, so so let me start this way. I never wanted to become a nurse. I've always wanted to become a, a media broadcaster or a journalist or a missionary. And then, but my mom wanted me to be a nurse. So I, ne- I ended up in nursing school without preparing to be a nurse. And then six months into nursing school, I came top of the class. You did what? That was shocking. I came you... top of the class. Top of class, yeah. Top of the class. So that was surprising to me because I wasn't prepared for that. I never knew I had something in me that was that special. So, and that woke up a fire in me and I felt, oh, Maybe I'm here after all for a purpose. So uh, when I finished nursing school, I was a bit um, not happy with what I saw with nursing. There was a tradition. I didn't like it. Nurses graduate from school, get a job in a private hospital, look out for a job in a government hospital, get into the government hospital, work for five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 25 years, 30 years, and they retire. They're gone. That's all. That was not the kind of life I was looking for. So I, I started asking myself, what do you want to do with your nursing career, Josiah? And then the fire burning me told me, you need to be a different kind of nurse. You need to do, choose a different pathway, different from what every other person is doing. You need to do something different. And so that was when I started searching for a path that is truly, that reflects the, the real me, the real me. So I was determined to really carve out something different from nursing. So after some time, it was time for me to decide what I wanted to do with nursing as a specialty to focus on. And none of the specialties appeared to me, not single one. Pediatrics, perioperative, talk about the different kind of, kind of um, specialties available. None of them appeared to me. And so that was a bit difficult. 
The only one that appealed to me was uh, mental health, psychiatry. And they all, there are two reasons why that appealed to me. One, it gives me the opportunity to be able to help people who have problems with their emotions and psychology and psychological challenges. So that was appealing to me because when I was in nursing school, I was always helping students. I organized classes, vision classes, you know, you know, students come to me a lot. I was like um, a go-to person in, in nursing school. Every student having one challenge or the other were always coming to me. So that give me, gives me some sort of uh, familiarity that this is what I'm up, I was happy doing as a nursing student. So what if I have the opportunity to help people with their challenges, they want to make decisions, they have psychological issues, and probably might become a psychologist at the end of the year or something. So that was when I, I, I decided to specialize in mental health. But I tell you this story. I just got this image of Josiah showing up on a mental health board and then just like beaming radiance. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, like, like just helping people just by being present and and everyone's like oh my god i feel so much better I don't know but it wasn't like that actually <laughs> i remember the first time i stepped into the psychiatric hospital <laughs> the first week i i stepped into the psychiatric hospital something happened i met a man who was a nurse who had been a nurse for about 30 years male nurse and then I had a conversation with him and I saw him, he was going home and I discovered that he was not happy. And secondly, he's worked for 30 years, but here I'm looking at a man who has nothing to show for it. Financially, psychologically, emotionally, he was not happy. Career-wise, there was no real achievement and that got me thinking, is this how you want to, end, want to end up as a male nurse, Josiah? And that was when I realized I was not, I was not really there yet. I needed to do, I, I have not actually done something different. So I started the search outside the nursing world. I started attending a lot of seminars. I attended several uh, self-development, personal development seminars. I was reading books that were done nursing books. Basically, 90% of the books I was reading were non-nursing books because I felt I needed to do something more than nursing. So I was just devouring um, a lot of um, knowledge outside the nursing world. And that gave me a perspective that there is a world called the digital world. I, I, I started learning how to use the computer by myself. I did not go to computer school. I started learning a lot about digital um, technology. And so that began giving me an idea that I could actually do something inside nursing, but that is different from nursing. So in 2013 or 14, I was not happy with the way my career was going because I was working in the online, online gas sector then, and I was having a very good pay. And then it was time for me to decide what next we want to do with all the knowledge you've gathered, for the last 10 years, all the, all the activities you've been doing to make yourself a different kind of nurse, which attracted, which got me attracted, uh, which got me stand out to get some opportunities anyway. And uh, the question is, where exactly do you want to head? I was in this oil and gas work, oil and gas industry, working as a nurse. I was working as a urology nurse. I was working as a mental health nurse. I was working as a domiciliary nurse, about four different roles at a time because I think I had some qualities that my employer saw in me and they felt you can do this, you can. So I said, is this what you want to do? Is this where you want to retire? Or you want to do something different? It was a difficult decision for me to make because that was a very comfortable job for me. I was in my comfort zone, really. And I could go on and on in that job for the next 10 years and make some money, you know, set up my family in a private live and then enjoy my money and invest you know and keep enjoying that private life but there was this other option i had do you want to live your life comfortably away from nothing imparting people helping people which is a purpose and just enjoy yourself with your family or you want to help the profession of nursing you want to help nurses and so i had to step out of my comfort zone and resign from that job to be able to do the things I wanted to do. And the first time I threw my resignation in was the first time I got burnt out of the, jo of the job. I was admitted. 
and uh, I was admitted in the hospital. I got burnt out. And then when I was discharged, I dropped my resignation letter and went on vacation because I've not been on vacation for like three years. And I said, no, I have to go on vacation. And so I dropped my resignation letter. I was at home. I think the director, Western Operation Director or something like that called me. I said, Josiah, I saw your resignation here. I am canceling your resignation. You're not going anywhere. I won't allow you to go. When you come back from vacation, let's talk. So I came back from vacation. We had a conversation. I told him why I was not happy on the job. The workload was much. The job conditions were not good and blah. You know, I was not happy on the job, really. And he said, no, let's give it a year. We'll see how it goes. But after six months, seven months, eight months, since we're not changing, I said, Josiah, you need to leave again. So this time around, I waited for him to go on vacation, doing my resignation letter, and that was how I left. Josiah, so, I have... Can I can I can I interrupt you for a minute? I'm really curious about how you knew to ask these questions of yourself. Did that were you like that as a kid? Like, what do I want to do? Do I want to do more? Like, how did you know to ask those questions? Because you just told us that nurses where you were would stay in the job for 10, 20, 30 years, probably never thinking to blow up the box or think outside the box, right? But you all yeah. along were like asking these questions. How did you know to do that? That's a very important question you're asking, uh, Antra, because this is not something that comes spontaneously. It doesn't happen naturally. Let me tell you, when I was a teenager, I knew what I wanted to do. I knew what I wanted to be. But along the line, because sometimes society you have people who don't, who don't want you to make mistakes that think this is what you should be in your head. You know what you want to be, but people who want to guide you think this is what you should be. So at some point in my life, I was a confused teenager. I didn't actually know what I wanted. But personal development helped me. Seriously. I was reading, I was consuming self-help books. I, I had a lot of people who I would call you know, sometimes people say mentors, mentors. I, I don't believe that you need to know someone in life before that person can become your mentor. I was having mentors who I never met in my life because I was reading their books, I was consuming their lifestyle. I was looking at the way they live their life, the books they've written, uh, people like Norman Vincent Pale, people like, uh, you know, there are a lot of writers who wrote self books that help you discover who you are. People who wrote um, Team Laaye, why you, why you are the way you do, you know. Uh, power of positive thinking. These were books I was consuming regularly. So I was reading a lot of um, personal development books anyway, and that opened up my mind and helped me realize that there are some questions. Th there is a book called Why Ask Why? Yeah, I can't remember the, 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 the author of that book, but I, I, you know, I began to ask a lot of questions because I read books that widened my horizon, that made me, made me think deeply about who I was self-discovery self path, self-rediscovery path. And that was a continuous, continuous process for me. And that helped me to really, really got answers because I asked a lot of questions about myself. So, so I think that was what helped me to begin to get some answers and begin to know exactly who I was, what I wanted to do, what my purpose is, what my passions, passion was, what my mission was supposed to be, what my vision was. These are the things, these are the questions I was able to answer first before I now decided what I wanted to do with my life. Yeah. So, so when you were work, where you you were working as a nurse, where other people would have gotten comfortable with the life they were living after 20, 25, 30 years, you started feeling like it was too small. Because you'd seen the big picture. So it it was it was it was imprisoning what you could be. That is the word. It was like people were in a cage. It was like it was like in nursing profession, the, the way it is structured in Africa is something we're trying to change right now. The way nursing profession is structured in Africa, we have two, two kinds of foundation. We have the university foundation, which helps widen your horizon because you go to the university system, you, you, you are taught by lecturers, you're taught by, taught by people who are a bit exposed, who are a bit highly knowledgeable than the others who have a master's, PhDs, you know, who have experience in staff. But you have the collegiate system, which is an hospital-based system where the school is attached to an hospital. It is not really a degree awarding institution. And so that system trains nurses to be subservient. Mm. 
The system trains nurses to be, what, how will I put it? To see themselves as a member of the healthcare team and not a leader of the healthcare team. And that was a big problem. So it's, it narrowed the perspective of young people who were coming to the profession. And let me tell you something. When I was in nursing, I was told that as a nurse, there, were, there are certain things you can't do. When I was a student nurse in the college of nursing, I was told you can appear in the media, you can talk to the radio, you can talk to the TV, you can be a beauty, um, you can attend beauty pageant competitions, you can get involved in um, media entertainment, you know, the ethics of nursing does not allow you to do that. And these were things that were killing a lot of talents. Many, pe many people who came to the profession have natural talents. They can sing, they can dance, they can, you know, do a lot of things. But the nursing profession keeps telling them because of the ethics of the profession, you cannot do what you know how to do best except nursing. Huh. And that was a big problem. It was putting people in like a cage. It was taking away the best part of them and just restricting their horizon, restricting their perspective to just only nursing. And so by the time these people graduate, they don't think any other thing except nursing. And that is why the ambition that every single part of their life is nursing. And I, I, I tell people, when you tell me nursing is a calling, nursing is a calling, you, you should be careful what you say, because if you say nursing is a calling, it means that you were actually called to serve humanity. You're not supposed to be getting paid for it. You're supposed to do it for free. It's a humanitarian job. You're supposed to help people and save lives. But nothing is more than a calling because by the time you define nothing as a calling and every other thing you are doing is built around that calling, you kill the profession. Nothing is a profession. A profession cannot completely be a calling. There is a part of the profession that puts food on your table. And that should make you realize that that profession should have the length and the breadth and the height and the, and, and, and the depth. And you need to begin to explore to, go, to see more than just sitting at the bedside and caring for the sick as a calling. So it, it's, it's a lot of challenge with the collegiate system in Africa that puts people in that position where you think nothing else but nursing. And when you think nursing, you're thinking bedside nursing. You're thinking about the sick. You're thinking about caring for people. I, I, I was I was in a um in a, I was invited to speak to some university university students sometime in the past and there was this speaker before me that, that was rounding up and was saying what is the definition of who is a nurse and she was saying uh, a nurse is someone who cares for the sick and nothing is about caring nothing is about calling nothing is you have to you know care for the sick you have to live your life for people and when I came on the, uh, to the podium I said excuse me, I want to disagree with you a bit. Nothing is more than just that definition. Nothing is about leadership. Nothing is about innovation. Nothing is about advocacy. Nothing is about policy making. Nothing is about education. Nothing is an educator, as a teacher. You know, there are so many things. Policy making, decision making, leadership. There, there's so much to, to define nothing with than just saying nothing is a calling of caring for the sick. So I believe, like you said, that the, the profession, the, the people who are in the profession, who I met there, have been a sort of a cage where I, I've got nurses who retired after 30 years of being a nurse, and then come back to me. I said, Josiah, I need a job. And I'm like, wow, that's a disaster. How can you work 30 years of your life as a nurse, and then you retire, and you're coming back and you say you want a job? What have you been doing? Haven't been planning for something to do something extraordinary with a profession with a license? So it, it shows that people were narrowed-minded passing through that particular educational system. And so it was something I was not really comfortable with, and it was something I was not ready to live that kind of life. And that made me that pushed me to the extreme to say, I need to do something different. And that different. And that was not only the reason why I was, you know, moving. I felt that. I had so much in me that I wouldn't want uh, to, to, to die just like that. So I felt if only I could show the next generation of nurses what you can do as a nurse. If, I, if only I could live my life and you, you look at me and say, oh, that's the kind of nurse I want to be, then I felt 
I have achieved something. If only you could look at my career path and get inspired and get motivated to do more, to be more, then I felt, I, I, I think that's a lot of achievement. So I was particular and intention about the choices and the decisions I was making regarding my, along my career path to such an extent that I was always doing something that no one has ever done before. And that was what I was looking out for something that was not be happening in nothing, a solution that was not existing in nothing. I was looking at a problem that people are not solving in nothing and looking at those problems and saying, I want to solve this problem. So by doing that, it puts me, it gives me an edge to be ahead. And people were looking at me and say, what is this guy doing? And then people pay attention. They look at what I'm doing. They see the results I'm getting and they say, I want to be like him or I'm inspired by him. And that's drove me to, you know, to be the best of what I do. Josiah, how long had you been a nurse? You said 2014 was kind of when you decided not to continue as a, you know, nurse in the system. And how long had you been a nurse up to that point? Yeah, I I passed off from my nursing college in 2000. So I've been a nurse for almost 22 years now. Okay. So the first 10 years, yeah, the first 10 years after my graduation from nursing college, I was just searching for knowledge trying mm-hmm. to discover myself, oh, yeah. empowering myself and you know, developing myself. It was after about 10 years that I felt I knew what I wanted to do, but I was confused about how to go about it, who to talk right. turn to. There was no mentor. There was no, you know, in the nursing profession. So for, for the first 10 years after I graduated, I was just trying to discover and um, develop myself. So 10 years after, I think was the real time, I really started uh, as a nurse. And then why did you move to the UK in 2020? Is that right? Wow, that, that's, a, that's a big story. <laughs> well, because, because I, I'm imagining, and you tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm imagining that that move was inspired by your passion and what you wanted to do and maybe somehow make a bigger impact. Am I right? Uh, yeah, that, that's part of it. <laughs> tell me you tell us okay uh, can i can i just share something that you you didn't exactly say but i I know it has to do with what antra just asked i think nurses burn out because they take the person out of the profession like what what you just said like the summary of that whole thing was you you narrow down the person you take actually the best parts of them is what you said and you remove it. And so the things that inspire them and, and light them up aren't, there's no room for them in this narrow profession. And no wonder we get burnt out, you know? And what I just saw from what you were saying is you decided to take the person, Josiah, the whole thing, and put it into the profession. Yeah. And now look at you. I mean, you're like, you're on fire. Like, I don't even know really what you do. And it's like, I can't stop listening to you because the whole person is in there. The nurse is just a small part of it. It's the nurse is a vehicle. Nursing is a vehicle, a Trojan horse for the whole person. So for, for Josiah yeah, to yeah, be- yeah, Karen, I, I think I'm going to say something there. There's something important I need to say. I do a lot of coaching coaching sessions, coaching sessions for um, nurses who want to gain clarity, direction, who want to you know move ahead in their career. There was this coaching session I had about two months ago with one with a nurse from Kenya, and we were having a conversation during the coaching coaching session. And I asked her at, at a point. I asked her. I said, "I want to ask you a very important question. Who were you before you became a nurse?" And guess what happened? By the time she finished answering that question and I was able to ask her a few more questions, she broke down and started crying. She said, until now, no one has ever made me see who exactly I was. And at that point in time, she discovered that before she became a nurse, there is a part of her that was alive and kicking. And that part died the moment she became a nurse. Mm. So, at the end of the day, we have to wake up that part of R. And now she's combining that real R with who she is as a nurse, putting them together, and she's 
beginning to unleash two people in one person. Now, I used to tell people that, yeah, I used to tell people that you are not actually a nurse. When people say, I say, who are you? You say, I'm a nurse. No, you are not a nurse. Who are you? Nursing is your profession, for God's sake. There's someone inside you. There's someone somewhere that is you. You need to know who that person is first before you tell me who you, what your profession is, what you do as a profession. So I tell, during my coaching sessions, I help people to differentiate between who they really are, their profession as a nurse. So that is a very important point you are making because people who become nurses along the line forget who they are. As a young child, as a teenager, the things they love, the talents they add, the natural skills they add, they forget it and put it aside and take the profession and wear it as a cloud. Every single aspect of, a li- of their life is all about nursing. And that kills the purpose, the passion in people because we all came into the nursing profession. Not everyone wanted to be a nurse. There are some people, I met some people who write from uh, their kids, who write from their childhood, they wanted to be a nurse. You ask them every single time as a child, they said, I want to be a nurse. Why? Probably because their parents are nurses, because they, they go to the hospital, they see nurses and they love it. And, you know, they say, I want to be a nurse. We have people like that. These are the people who can say nursing is my calling. But not everyone wanted to be a nurse from the start. So you need to understand before I eventually decided I wanted to be a nurse because of circumstances, who was high? What, what, was, what, what, what was I made up of? What were my aspirations? What, what, what a passion that I had? Till something changed and I said, nothing is the next thing. So it is very important for a majority of nurses to be able to differentiate between who they are as a person and what they do as a profession until nurses begin to separate the two it's going to be difficult to reach reach your full potential as a nurse and unleash the power of nursing on the world well yeah made me weepy i almost started to cry josiah because that was so beautiful (laughs) i mean karen and i have been talking a lot about who we are who we are as people and you know we've done a lot of that kind of personal growth stuff too but it's just so rich to like be reminded again like who am i you ask the most amazing questions like i love that that you're asking those questions of yourself that you're asking those questions to other nurses because i think as karen said we've taken who we are out of nursing that's amazing yeah and i i think i really saw from what you said more clearly about what we're doing you in your country for your, the nursing community there and what we're doing here in this country. It's, it's not about, I, I, I had it in my head that it was about shining a light on nurses, but it's not, it's shining a light on people who are in the nursing profession because when it's just nurses, you're actually removing half of what they are and their voice yeah. and their voice is really weak like this because oh we're you know we're burnt out and staffing shortages and uh. no but when you put the person who they are back into the voice it's like uh. <laughs> you know like that's how they find their voice again josiah that's fire that. yeah yeah fire. Yeah, fire yeah i think i think i agree with you um what we do is very important to the nursing profession because without what you and I do, you, Karen, Antra, and a few other nurses out there were doing exactly what we do. Without it, I can tell you that the nurses will become tired at some point. And it is very important for us to begin to look at the challenges that nurses, nurses are facing. I tell people that nursing is the most difficult job in the world. Because the profession requires you to forget about yourself and think every single day of your life about others. You carry their bodies, you carry their problems in your air, you think of, even when you're not at work, you're thinking about the patients. And that is what the profession is. You, um, it takes you from a place of 
um, thinking about yourself to a place of, because you deal with lives, you deal with people with emotions. And at a point in time, you become emotionally attached to the people you care for. And because of this, at some point, because you're dedicated, you have a passion for the profession, you really want to impact lives on the, you know, at the bedside or anything, you, you forget about yourself at some point. What we do is being the searchlight, being the focus of the people who make the profession thick. The people who make the profession blossom are giving a lot to the profession. Now, the question is, nurses care for people. Who cares for the people who make nursing? Who care for the people who are nurses? And that's a big question because um, for, for the past two decades, I have studied the, the, the profession and realized that sometimes, especially in the part where I come from, nobody cares for nurses. Except other nurses, and they're already stretched. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the, the, the question keeps popping up in my head. Mm-hmm. Nurses care for everyone. Who cares for these people? And so that gave me an idea that I could carve out pathway, a career path in that field. Why not focus on nurses? Why not devote your entire career, not on the patients, but on the people who make the patients alive, the people who keep the patients alive? Why not devote your entire career to studying these people every single step of the way and then knowing their needs, knowing their emotional challenges, knowing the psychological challenges, and then filling that gap. So I decided to design my career around caring for people who are in the nursing profession because I feel that part of the profession is something that can change and empower and um help nurses to become the best version of themselves. And when we have nurses who are the best versions of, versions of themselves, then we know public the patients get the best of nursing. Yeah. It's giving Amen. me, talking to you has given me so many ideas. Like I just, cause you know, we're doing the same thing really. And it just occurred to me like, what if we went into hospitals and we talked to the leadership in hospitals and we and didn't sell them anything, but like, let's go in and, and, you know, just talk to the nurses and, and see what they're doing. And, um, like, I, almost like I want to shine a light on all of them, but like, you know, have some sort of, cause you know, in hospitals, like you don't ever really get recognized in hospitals. Like they okay. have, they have some awards here and there, but you have to kind of be like in in, in the in group Even to get them. I mean, political, I was, yeah, yeah, it's political. I was twenty years in nurse. I never got one single award, which is fine. But like, what if we went in and like were that were that that group that like okay, who you know somehow we get in there and we recognize these nurses because I'll tell you, Josiah, we had a nurse who we shined a light on, someone that I worked with for years. And she and I did a whole thing on LinkedIn for her. And she texted me and she's like, that is, and she's been a nurse for like 25 years. She's like, that is literally the nicest thing anybody has ever said about me. And she was just so touched by that. So there's gotta be a way to like get into the system to just recognize these nurses for who they are and for what they do. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, um, Antra, that that um, brings me to a very important aspect of what I am doing presently. Oh, good. Um, in 2014, <laughs> I, I think I went back to broadcasting school to study media broadcasting because I, I went right from when I was young, I always had my love for broadcasting for the media. So when I came out of broadcasting school, one of the pro, we usually do a project when we coming out. And so I was asked to design a project and I designed a project that is focused on using the media to magnify the work of nurses mm-hmm. mm. for two reasons. Number one, I felt that the silence of nurses is deafening. Nurses stay at the bedside, do all the work. And then when you ask the question, that's in my part of Africa, I used to think that is something um, that is peculiar to Africa until I stepped out of Africa and knew that there's a universal, there's a global Asia. Mm-hmm. And then when you ask the question, what do nurses do? Who are nurses? 
And then the answer that comes is nurses care for the sick, nurses give injections. And then I say, okay, what else do nurses do? And then the media um, experts say, we don't know. That's right. Oh my God, nurses are so many things. They say, no, we thought nurses give injection and care for the sick. That's all, and assist the doctors. So those three statements were the definition of nursing. Nurses care for the sick, nurses give injections, nurses assist the doctors. And I was not comfortable with that. So in my, in my project, I designed an innovation that breaks the barrier between nurses and the public. And the barrier can only be broken if you have a connection between the public and nurses. And I saw media as that connection. Um, sometimes you want to educate a community. Uh, you talk to 500 people, 300 people when we go for community outreaches. That is good work. But what if you can talk same thing, same education, same knowledge you're imparting to 300, 500 people? What if you can do that to 5,000 people at a time? That is the media. What if you can reach 100,000 people at a time with the same message? That is the power of the media. So nurses did not understand that there is power in the media. So I designed um, this project where nurses step out of the bedside, come out to the public and go to the rooftop and say, this is who I am. This is what I do. <laughs> so so that, that project, um, which I started, we called it Nurses on Air. Nurses on hair. That means nurses going on hair. Media is hair. Now, we, we, we started something, and that is using the media to change the image, the perception, the portrayal of nurses. Because right up to, up to that point in Africa, if you ask me what finishes the image of the nursing profession so badly, it was the media. The portrayal of nurses in the media was terrible. When you watch TV, when you see media portrayers, the three definition is what you see as nurses. So it killed the real definition of nursing. So yeah, I and that's felt, what, they, and then they start thinking about the that about themselves. Yeah. So yeah. I felt okay. Since the media is a tool that is destroying the image of nursing, instead of antagonizing the media and accusing them, why not take responsibility? Because if you do your job by educating the public about who you are, the media will do a poor job by changing that perception. It is because you are not doing your job as a nurse to let the people know who you are. That is where the media is giving them what they know. So why not use that same media to correct that problem? So we decided to use the media to educate the public. So we started, we, we started this radio program. We designed a radio show being hosted by nurses, which is exactly what you're doing now. <laughs> we decided the radio show, we designed a radio show being hosted by nurses. That was 2015. And we started, we started arousing the interest of nurses in the media. But up till that time, I tell you, there was a big challenge. It was the first time in the history of Africa that someone somewhere a group of nurses will be led by someone and be saying, nurses has to be in the media. You know why it was a big challenge? Because all through nursing school, right before that time, one and a half decade before that time, there was a notion, nurses cannot be in the media. It's against the ethics of nursing. So when I came out of broadcasting school and we started this, we started getting a lot of People started antagonizing us. So you're going to you're going to destroy the image of nursing. This is not Africa. This is not good. Nurses cannot be in the media. And so I walked up to the head, the board, the chairman of the board of the nursing council in my country, and I had a conversation with her. I said, "Ma, is it true that nurses are not allowed to be in the media?" And she said, "Yeah, yes." But she was not sure. So I said, "Is there document that really?" documented in pen, in ink, that it is against the ethics of nursing to be in the media. And she said, no. I said, that is it. <laughs> so 
So if there is no document that prevents nurses from being the media, and then we had this two-hour discussion, and she was like, wow, nurses need to be in the media. I said, yes, and that is what we're doing. And she said, I give you my Load support. Load up the box. Yeah. <laughs> and that was how we exploded, and many nurses were excited because we're doing stuff that has never been done in nursing. And I tell you, we go to radio, IPR on radio and, and TV, and then when they start talking to me, people start calling in. People call in and say, nurses are terrible, they are rude, they are impolite, they are uncaring, you know, a lot of backlashing and, you know, for nurses. And then at the end, towards the end of the show, we hear people calling in and say, oh, we never knew nurses go through a lot. We never knew nurses do this kind of work. We never knew nurses are intelligent like this. In fact, some would call in and say, the person in the studio, are you sure the person is a nurse? Because we don't know nurses to be intelligent like this. You know, so we started changing the impression of people about the nursing profession. That was a massive transformation for the profession. But there was a problem again. We're doing a lot of external rebranding. We're branding the image of the profession. So every time we go to the radio station, we go to the TV station, we tell them nurses are angels, nurses are this, nurses are that. But when we go to the hospitals, sometimes that's not what we see. We still see nurses who are rude, who are impolite, you know, and nurses who are frustrated because the workload was too much and they're overburdened, over, overloaded, overworked, underpaid, underinvested, you know, underappreciated, undervalued, underrated. And so the frustration of the job was getting to nurses. So we felt we need to look inward and do an internal rebranding. We need to rebrand the profession from inside, apart from outside. And that was what brought us to the point of saying we want to focus a such life on nurses from inside. And when COVID-19 came, the idea popped up. Why not ask nurses to start telling their stories? What they are going through? What they are doing? The inspirational work they are doing? And we started interviewing nurses. And the idea was so great. We have nurses from Kenya, from Ghana from Southern Africa, from Eastern Africa, from Western Africa, coming up and say, this is what I do as a nurse. And I was like, what if we could make this continental project? And so we went back to work and started working on a digital media story project, storytelling project for nurses. And so presently, as I'm speaking with you, we started shooting stories of nursing from Africa, nurses from Africa last year. And we have the first set of stories ready. We had a COVID-19 series where nurses told their stories about what they went through through COVID-19, what it was like, the sacrifices they made, the, the, the inspirational work they're doing. And each time I sit down to look at the interview that we've done, I ask myself, Josiah, this is just an experiment. I sit down, taking myself out of the profession, watching these videos, these interviews, as someone who is not a nurse, and I get ghost pimples. And I feel like, wow, these people are doing a lot of work. And I'm like, we have not even started, and this is the effect this is going to have. So I, I'm coming back to the point where you said we need to begin to focus, put a searchlight on nurses and help them tell their stories. No one can tell the stories of nurses better than nurses. And that is where the power of the media, what you are doing, Antra, what you are doing, Karen, what I am doing is so important to the profession, especially now that we're moving into the post-pandemic era. Absolutely. What impact do you think that this is going that this project what we're what we're all doing is going to have? Like, how do you see this five years, ten years? Yeah, and have you seen things? Well, yeah. tell us about some of the things you've seen already. How how what you're doing? Okay. Is impacting. Let me tell you about the revolution that is happening. There's a revolution going on in African nursing. I call it a revolution because it's like a fire. Africa is catching fire. Why? Because the next generation of nurses are not thinking like the older generation of nurses. The older generation of nurses were restricted because of the kind of educational system they had, one. Two, because of the kind of the times they lived in, they lived before the millennium age. They did not live in the digital age. That was a disadvantage for them. Mm-hmm. Because the digital wars changed a lot of things. But the, the young generation of nurses are living in a digital age. There is 
when I passed out of nursing college in 2000, there were, I didn't know what a computer looked like. Mm. I did not have a single email address. My first email address was opened in 2002, two years after the millennium started. Millennium started. And so I can imagine the, the, the cage, the pre-millennium era put nurses in because they were cut off from the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Now the world is a global village and the digital, techno- digital technology has made, has broken the geographical boundaries. So, and young nurse in school, in the school from Africa can get connected with Karen, can get connected with Antra and they get a lot of knowledge. So the young gener- the present generation of nurses and the co- incoming generation of nurses are catching the fire. They are doing things that people like us could never do because they have so mm-hmm. much digital knowledge they have so much digital, digital skills and they are bringing such skills into the profession. That's one. Two, the talents, the natural talents of nurses, which used to be, you know, um, silenced by the profession because of the nature of the educational system has changed. So you have nurses who are writers, who are born writers. They write so well and they bring that into the profession. You have nurses who are good with digital technology and they bring that skill into the profession. You have nurses who can speak so well and they bring that into the profession like what me, you and I are doing. And so it is changing the face of nursing in Africa. It is making people to notice the nursing profession, which was not there before. It is making nursing to become a force to reckon with in the healthcare field. So before now, there is this notion that the lead, the leader of the of the clinical team, of the medical team, of the healthcare sector are doctors. But now that narrative is changing. Nurses are taking over leadership of healthcare because people are beginning to realize that nurses are more than what they thought they are or who they thought they are. So I can tell you this is an advantage giving nurses the platform to get inspired by the works of nurses who are doing something different. Giving nurses the opportunity to get motivated, to get empowered by looking at older, a, a generation of older, older generation of nurses who are changing the narratives. We have so many of them across Africa. And what we are doing now is bringing them to the table, identifying the nurses who are doing something different in their own unique way bringing them to the table, forming them into a network and positioning them in the front of the next generation of nurses and say, this is what nursing should look like. So we are redefining the nursing profession in Africa. We are changing the narratives. We are changing the perspective. We are changing the impression about nurses in Africa. We are changing the perception about nursing in Africa. And I tell you, in five years' time, in 10 years' time, African nurses are not going, only going to be changing Africa healthcare system. They're not going to be transforming African healthcare system. They're going to be shaking the world to its roots. Anything like you, they will be. <laughs> <laughs> so, Josiah, tell us what what are you doing now? Like what, 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 what stage in this vision that you have are you in now? I mean, maybe that has something to do with why you're in the UK. Maybe it doesn't even matter anymore. <laughs> but... I know. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. So <clears throat> what we're doing now is uh, trying to step out of Africa to help Africa. Yeah, I can see that. It was for, I had a frustrating experience in the last um, three, four years or five years trying to run the innovation that was started. So we got this innovation, we got this idea, excited, passion, zeal, enthusiasm, determination, resilience. And then you take the innovation around and then nobody sees what you're seeing because... There is 
a challenge with exposure. There is a challenge with understanding that globally, there is a feed like nursing innovation. Nursing innovation is not taught in school in Africa. There's no single school in Africa where someone teaches nursing innovation. That is a disaster. Because if the bulk of nurses from Africa know about the field of nursing innovation, know about the field of digital innovation, and bring it into 75% of what they do as nurses, the story is going to be different. But in Africa, the, that feed is not something that many people know. So when we started, when I started in the innovation career path, I looked through the whole of my country, the entire country. This is a disaster. I looked through my entire country and I found it difficult to get a mentor or a role model in the innovation feed who I could sit with and learn from his or her feet. Mm. So I had to figure everything on my own. It was a strenuous journey. It was energy sapping. It was energy draining, trying to make mistakes, errors, experiment, you know. Until around 2018, when I met, I met Rebecca Love. I was listening to Rebecca Love. You met with what? Rebecca. Rebecca Love. Oh, uh, Rebecca. Rebecca. Yeah, Rebecca, yeah. <laughs> We know I listen- <laughs> yeah, I was listening to Rebecca on test talk mm-hmm. and she blew my mind away. And I'm like, wow, this is what I have been looking for. And so that gave me the impression that if only we could begin to get help for Africa by exposing them to what is happening outside Africa. That's one. Two, because in Africa, the opportunities are not many. In Africa, the tools are not readily available. And in order to be the best version of yourself, You need to be at that place where everything you need to succeed is at your disposal. That is not the case in Africa. And so I realized for some of us to be able to help Africa, we will struggle if we begin to think of helping Africa from within Africa. We need to begin to look at how can we help Africa out of Africa by being in those places where the opportunities exist, where the network exists, where we can connect with people who are far ahead of us and we can learn from them, connect with them, get empowered by them so that we can rub off on Africa. And so that changes the narrative of staying within the country and trying to do as much as you can because the journey of a year will take you about another five, 10 years. So that brought up the concept of thinking local, but going global. How can we think locally about Africa, but go global about the way we solve the situation? So there are two ways. Is that you are within Africa and you break that geographical boundaries um, separating you from the rest of the world, or you step out of Africa and really connect with the rest of the world. So that has brought some of us away from where we were to be in a place where we can actually connect with a lot of Africans who are outside Africa, have a conversation with them and say, what are we giving back to Africa? So I think many of us are also saying, we don't want to go out of Africa. We want to be here. We want to help Africa from inside Africa, which is good because everyone cannot leave. So presently, we are trying to connect the dots together so that we use the power we have outside Africa, connected with the power from within Africa and begin to change the narrative. So 
I think getting out of Africa was really a big one for someone like me because it, it gives me the power and the, the, the inspiration and the opportunity. Yeah, that's the word, the global opportunity to be able to help Africa. You're, in, in you're, you're like a bridge. Yeah, you're like a bridge. bridge. Yeah, you're yeah, right. you're in 2018, like I, I volunteered myself for a global project, the Nursing Now project. The, the Nursing Now campaign um, was, was a campaign designed by the International Council of Nurses and the World Health Organization to raise the profile and status of nurses all around the world. So the project was launched in February 2018. And when the pro project was launched, I was watching the launch and I was saying, this is supposed to be, this project, this, this global campaign is supposed to be designed specifically for Africa because we needed more. So I wrote to the Nursing Now um, Global Body and said, I want to volunteer for this project. I, I think we need this project more in Africa than in every part of the world. And it took me some time. I kept writing and writing until one day I got a mail and said, what exactly do you want to do? I said, I want to volunteer. So I volunteered for that project. And after a few months, I was opportune to coordinate the project for my country in Nigeria. And during the Nursing Now Global Campaign, during the three years that we ran the Nursing we, we ran the National Global Campaign, I got to realize that there is a big, huge advantage in being out of Africa to be able to help Africa because I was going to digital journey through the rest of Africa and I was seeing the way nothing is being managed outside Africa, the way nothing is being run outside Africa. And I felt we need to go and learn from some of these things, from these people, we need to go and be there to think like people outside to uh, begin to innovate like them and then so that we can begin to rub off on our people. And it's paying, it's paying off really because we're seeing a lot of results of nurses in Africa thinking differently, not only thinking out of the box, but completely destroying the box and creating their own world. You know what? I am really curious because, you know, I was a an operating room nurse for a long time. So I was in surgery all the time and nurses in surgery. And I imagine, well, I know it's like this in others and in, in other parts of nursing, cardiology, you know, ICU, med surge, whatever, that locally we're, we're, innova we're innovators in our fields because you have to be like in an operating room, right? If something's not working, there's a piece of technology down or something, you know, happens and you need to have a quick solution, like you innovate, like on the spot. And it's interesting to like, kind of consider like, what is in, you know, you, to your point about, you know, not thinking, not destroying the box, but locally, how do we get those stories out? Because those nurses, those boots on the ground that are caring for patients, they're innovating. They're just innovating in their in their silo, right? And I want to hear those stories because there's we all do that as nurses, you yeah. know. Maybe it's not maybe it's not innovation on a global scale, but I think that's part of the perception that all nurses are innovators. They are. They have to be. Yeah, I I think um and that that identifies one of the problems because nurses themselves don't see themselves as innovators. Well, that's the point then, right? Is to make every to single day nurses create solutions. We right. in Africa we call it improvisation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, it's innovation. That's what we call it in Africa. Right. Improvisation. We improvise. We give alternative solutions. When there is a challenge, we think, what else can we do? Right. When there's no tourniquet, what do we use? Right. That's innovation. Yeah. Right? So every day we are creative. We are innovative. Right. Because we spend the bulk of our time with the patients. And when the patient comes up with a, with a need, you don't have to get a doctor every time for every single oh. thing the patient needs. You have to innovate ideas. Not, you have to be creative. But unfortunately... We do not see ourselves as innovators because we were not taught that we were innovators. But we're maybe taught. that, Hosea, is the key, even for our nurses in our country, because they don't see themselves like that necessarily either if they're working in the med surge on the med surge floor or the. Well, yeah, so, it's like a fish doesn't think of itself as a really good swimmer. You know, right, like it's exactly. white noise. It's just what you do. It's who you are. We don't nurses don't think that that is a unique thing because that's just who they are but but 
if someone needs to tell the fish, hey, man, you're a really good swimmer. <laughs> like like yeah. that, that ICU nurse that you had well, that was taking care of your dad, Karen. Yeah. I mean, you were like, he's a total MacGyver. He's he's a, constantly thinking on his feet, innovating, coming yeah. up with creative solutions. So, so, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, just just letting in, letting Josiah in on our. My dad had surgery recently, had uh, heart surgery, and the just the difference between the nurses who took care of him. Some of them were in their lane, in their box, almost afraid to innovate. Or no, I didn't ask the doctor. He'll he'll be in in the morning, you know. Like, and then they're the ones who are just like, I'm going to fix this this shift by the time. You, I mean. The ones that I loved that I felt so safe taking care of my dad were the ones that were like, by the end of the shift, this is getting solved. Not, well, I'll pass it on to the next shift tomorrow. They all had that potential in them. Mm-hmm. But it was like you said, some of them put themselves in a prison and some of them put the person, you know, had the person in there with them. There's some, I think they just so. Very there's, there's a solution to the problem. There's a solution to the problem. And we, we are always innovating solutions every day. We're trying to bring not innovation as a way of life in Africa. So this solution can be, this, this problem can be solved by mentoring and coaching. Mm-hmm. Mentoring and coaching in Africa is not structured. So mentoring happens in the university system in an academic setting. But that is just a small portion of what mentoring and coaching should cover. So what we now do is we are structuring the mentoring and coaching feed in Africa to create a a network of mentors and coaches who have walked the talk. People who have spent years in the profession, who have shown what nurses are capable of doing, how can you mentor and coach the next generation of nurses. That's one. The people who are in Africa who are potential mentors and coaches also need mentoring. They need coaches like you, like Karen, like Antra. How can we connect these leaders in Africa to be mentored by some of the best nurses in the world? So we are building an academy, a digital academy, where the focus is on mentoring and coaching. We are the best nurses in Africa can mentor and coach the next generation of nurses, even the older generation. You see, I have a few older generation of nurses that are willing to learn. They say, no, I am at a retirement stage, but I tell you, I feel that I have not used up 50% of my potentials. I need help. We have them. Yes. are exciting nurses who have spent two decades, three decades in the profession. So we, 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 we're looking at reverse mentoring, the younger generation mentoring this older generation of nurses. We're looking at direct mentoring, this young, vibrant nurse innovators, nurse leaders in Africa, mentoring the young generation of nursing, nurses. We're looking at indirect mentoring where I don't have to sit with you in the same room. You just look at me, look at what I'm doing, Take some of them, add it to what you're doing, and you're mentored. And then the biggest part of all, we have people outside Africa who have opportunity to be some of the best nurses in the world, best innovators in the world outside the nursing profession. How can these people mentor and coach the best of nurses from Africa? How can these people invest intellectually in Africa's best talents, Africa, Africa's best innovators. So we're building a digital academy where the focus is mentorship. Mentorship in design thinking, mentorship in nursing innovation, mentorship in artificial intelligence, mentorship in coding. You know, there's so many digital technology, digital innovation. There's so many aspects. Mentorship in digital media storytelling, which is my own expertise. You know, we have so many areas where we can begin to and teach, invest, inspire, motivate, empower our nurses to become what they really need to become. So I think coaching and mentoring is a key that can unlock the door to changing the narratives of what we have 
and then empowering nurses to become who they are supposed to become. What about what about the 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 reciprocal? Because I could imagine that the nurses of Africa could teach the nurses of the UK or America or whatever a thing or two as well. So like it yeah. would be a really cool reciprocal relationship. Yeah, yeah. So so in presently, yeah, there are some nurses from outside Africa who are saying we want to learn more about Africa. We want to we want to ask questions. We want to know more, mm-hmm. and. That's, that's also reverse mentoring, like I said. I mentioned reverse mentoring, where those of us who are a bit at the lower part of the ladder are able to look at those who are high up there, those who see as role models, and teach them a few things about what nursing is about in Africa. Teach them a few things that they are willing and eager to, to know. So it is a, it's a, it's an exciting journey that we are experiencing. And I know in the next two, three, five years, it's going to change a lot mm-hmm. about the future of the profession. So, so how are we going to, okay, Karen, you were going to say something. Whether you're a nurse in the States or a nurse in Europe or a nurse in Africa, we're all taking care of people who are made of the same hydrogen, carbon, oxygen, and stardust, right? Eventually there's no reason like, yes, there's going to be cultural differences and, Mm -hmm. you know, the way, you know, technological differences and things like that. But basically we're all taking care of human beings. And, and what you're doing, part of what you're doing, Josiah, and what we're doing, I never thought of this internationally before meeting you, like really did it. And now I'm really starting to think there's no reason for it not to be. We are all one. You know, this is a global profession. And, uh, and I'm just really excited to That's see where, yeah, where, the, where this relationship <laughs> with you goes, because absolutely I want to mentor and be mentored. You know, uh, I was just gonna say, what's next? What what are we what are we doing next? <laughs> like, yeah, when, so, what's so, our next so, call? When are we meeting again? <laughs> so what we're doing doing next is sitting at the at a table and brainstorming with ideas and innovation on how best yeah, yeah. we can maximize what we have, the power we have in our hands, and you know, unleash idea. it on the profession. Yeah. So That's brainstorming, a, a lot of brainstorming needs to happen in the next few weeks. 2022. Karen, let's have a total brainstorming session with Zion. That would be awesome. (laughs) Mind meld. Mind dropping, (laughs) brainstorming. That's what is going to happen after this conversation. Yeah. So how can people who are interested in your, what you're doing, want to get involved, maybe want to start something similar where they are, how can they get a hold of you? What's the, what's the best way for them to get a flavor of what you're doing? And then can they get a hold of you? You know, how do you do with reach out and is it, talk? <laughs> can, can, um, can... I, I think that there are two best ways to reach out to me. I'm active on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. My name That's is Josiah Jackson Okishola on LinkedIn. And then I'll also say through the email address, theafricannos at gmail.com the african nurse at gmail.com i think those are the fastest way that was a lucky um, find (laughs) (laughs) this has been such an amazing conversation you even made me teary when you were talking about being being who you are i love this conversation yeah i got a lot out of this and i'm so looking forward to seeing how we can support you and what you're doing and get more involved i think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship it is the beginning of a beautiful friendship, a beautiful journey, you can say. Yeah, it's like old friends who just met. I know. Thank you so much. Renegades.